Hi there, this is Alvin and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guests are Jason Eisler, a longtime domain investor and broker and the founder of dnadvisor.com, a boutique domain brokerage agency aiming to help domain owners maximize domain sales and profits. Our next guest is Yogi Solanke, a newly minted domain investor that has taken to the domain industry much like a fish to water, having dialed in and refined domain outbound marketing strategies leading to consistent weekly domain sales. Today, Jason, Yogi, and I discuss how they've approached and refined their outbounding strategies and best practices for selling domains. We also talk about the best types of media, tools, days, times, and more to realize efficient domain outbounding sales. And last but not least, we talk about the three rules of engagement, relationship, education, and the close. So with that, Jason and Yogi, welcome, and thank you for making time to join us today. Alvin, pleasure to be here. Yogi, a pleasure to get the three of us uh, on this podcast, and uh, looking forward to doing this. Hey, Alvin, thank you so much for inviting me again to your podcast. I had fun last time, and now Jason is here, so, so yeah, it will be great. <laughs> Thank you both. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit jealous because, uh, you know, Yogi probably as we record this, probably Yogi is going to sell two, two to three domain names, <laughs> <laughs> knowing, knowing him. But no, man, it's actually good to have you both on the show. Looking forward, I think that uh, domain sales or rather outbounding domains is uh, quite the hot topic these days. Folks want to know about it. Uh, I know that having joined the domain social a few times, that seems to be kind of the talk of the town. Hey, how do you sell domains? Is it as easy as picking up the phone? Is it as easy as shotgunning emails out? So I'm glad to have you both here. And I look forward to getting and gleaning insight from you in terms of what you found to work, not work, and then what you're kind of experimenting with. So to kick things off, I know Jason, this is your first time on the show. So why don't you share a bit of a high level with our listeners a bit about yourself, who you are, your personal, professional background. So without taking too much time, um, my name is Jason Eisler and I am the, I founded dnadvisor.com in March of 2017 at Domain Name Advisor. We provide boutique domain name brokerage and consultants. In the past couple of years, I was the director of sales for Doc Club Domains for two years, September 2018 till uh, January 2020. After that, I was hired by CETO as an outbound broker and consultant. I was let go due to COVID not too long ago, but um, I'm time stamping myself in the podcast history <laughs> right now. <laughs> Since then, um, I have also done some joint venture work with Kate Buckley and others. Uh, besides that, I am obsessively passionate about sales in the domain industry. I was born and raised in New York. I went to the University of Arizona, Bear Down, where I... <laughs> where I graduated in three years with a bachelor's in economics. Some uh, recent publications I've been featured in include DM Journal, DMP, uh, Domain Market Pro, Domain Sherpa, Domain Name Wire, and most recently appeared 
as a speaker and Paige has the domain show and the first ever namescon.online, which was awesome. You, you've definitely uh, had the experience. You know your way around the industry. Certainly looking forward to hearing more from you. Now, Yogi, welcome back, man. Uh, obviously, so if you don't know who Yogi is, and I'm going to let him uh, share a bit about just who he is, but if you don't know, we do have an episode, his very first episode here, on how Yogi sold 15 plus domains in a matter of 60 days. Now, that being said, Yogi has only been in the industry, uh, shoot, I guess since this year. So Yogi, why don't you explain just kind of a, a bit of uh, who you are and kind of how you got introduced into the industry? Yeah, Alvin. Uh, He's a wizard. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. So thank you so much for inviting me again into your podcast. I had fun last time. My name is Yogi Solanki, and uh, I'm from India, New Delhi, the capital. And I have done, you know, I have I have studied from study from uh, Delhi University. It's one of the best universities we have in India. I did my bachelor degree from there. Then later on, I went to Australia, and from there, I did I I studied there for two three years. I, I think yeah, two and a half years. I was studying marketing over there. I came back and before joining this domain industry, I was, you know, I was in a lead generation business. I was generating leads for, for, you know, insurance agencies throughout the whole world, especially in US. And it was going pretty good, which I mentioned in my first podcast as well. But because of the COVID, things got slowed down. And thanks to COVID, it, it has brought me in, into this domain industry. So because of the COVID, I'm into this domain industry. I should not be saying that. I should never be thank you, thanks to COVID because COVID is not a good. I mean, it has ruined all of us life. But at the same time, it's like, you know, there are millions of lives that are lost, if you will, uh, throughout the globe. At the same time, yeah. just like any point in history, just like the Spanish flu, there, there are good and there are bad things that happen that often bring us to pivots and forks in the road that we, we obviously did not see coming. And, and so for, for some of us, um, our lives are forever changed in, in a not so good way. And for some of us, it's in a better way. But, you know, certainly I, I feel your sentiment there in terms of, of while mm -hmm. things are good, COVID's not, you know, been been the best for um, a lot of people. And a lot of listeners uh, have either known yep. somebody or had somebody that was greatly impacted by COVID. So I guess one of the first questions is then in terms of just how you all got started. And because when I think about it, you, you hear domain investors that are either taking a strategy. So like for myself, for instance, I mean, I have a lot of different things going on. And so I've just not made outbound a priority in terms of my strategy, domain investing strategy. But what I have done is to ensure the quality of name that, that basically I will go after. And that name basically brings me into domain inquiries or either uh, buy and now sales. So that obviously being one strategy, but then for yourselves, like what led you both to go down the path of outbounding um, domains? When I first started domaining, my story is similar to most people's. I started hand registering like a maniac, built my <laughs> portfolio up to over 500 pretty quickly within six months. And I loved buying domains. So 
woohoo, I was a domainer. Now I had all these domains that I thought were great, which are all terrible domains. Um, and I should <laughs> have never sell, posted. Did you sell any of those? So that's what happened. I had all these domains and then I was looking at them and I was like, maybe I should sell some of them before I keep buying some more. And then I was like, well, how am I going to do that? And I was like, okay, well, people are knocking down my door. So I started knocking down theirs. Went through basically my whole portfolio within six to eight months. And then there was a little lull. And then I went through my whole portfolio again. And the names were terrible. So mind you, it didn't take that long to go for end users. Uh, but then I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Maybe I should, and I sold a couple names along the way. And if I could do that on those names, I'm telling you, there was a prayer. There, there was hope for me. <laughs> so I decided uh, I should take my skills. As I was reading, a lot of domainers were buying domains, but a lot of people weren't at the time doing outbound as much as, I mean, I hope people will start doing and people have been doing. So I started reaching out saying, listen, um, I'm happy to outbound some of your names. This is the deal. My brokerage soon formed shortly after and uh, the rest is history. Now, did you gravitate to a certain media in terms of like, when you say outbound, was it, because, you know, most people are like, I'll go to email because that's probably the easiest thing for me. While others will say, oh, no, I'm going to the phone. Others will still say it's a voicemail, it's text messaging, it's, you know, social networks. So kind of how did you gravitate? I mean, you went towards outbound, but what, what was your tool of choice? I gravitated initially, I think most people did towards email, I want to say hesitantly, because I didn't really know how to go about it. I knew I needed to put together, like to do it right, I knew I needed to do a drip campaign. I know I needed several touches just for my sales, like background, you know, the money's in the follow-up. So I knew I needed to do that, but my patience, I've, I've worked on a lot since then. I get very excited with my idea. So the first thing I did was what comes naturally to me it was like, just saw their phone number. So listen, I could do all that email stuff later, right? I know I need to do it, I'll set it up, but I got this domain name. It's like a dollar bill burning in my pocket, right? I need to spend it. So the domain, the, the domain's burning in my account. All that email stuff will take a while, but the phone, the phone's instant. So I just started making some calls. Man, it was terrible. I mean, and, and every time I've started at Doc Club or at Cito or when I started DN Advisor, the pitch, it, it probably takes me, depending on, Doc Club was a little bit longer because that was complete pivot from .com. Just working on your initial pitch takes a while. Gravitated towards the phones, but then started, um, you know, including very, very, very sophisticated and tested phone, email, fax, text. I just started doing a test campaign for just fax and uh, just postcards. Wait, what? Just what? Sorry, what was that F word? <laughs> yeah, a fax, fax oh, machine. Fa People I still have say it. I can't say it. I can't say it. It's so old. No. I don't know. I have a fax app. That's what I'm using. <laughs> so, so wait. So faxing? 
Yeah. So I, I, you know, the whole point, and I spoke about this, you know, during my Namescon talk, it's just about engagement, you know, just getting in front of the end users by any means possible. And, you know, <laughs> if they do happen to have a fax, you know, while I'm going through, you know, my, my lead generation and putting them into my, what I like to call a hit list, which is, you know, basically just my contact list. I have a fax. And if any company does have a fax, they go into a fax sequence. It's a one page like info kind of thing. And on the bottom, so the best way I'm trying to track these, um, uh, the fax and postcard campaign and the postcards I'm printing from my home printer, licking stamps and labels. And so that's been fun and a learning curve also. But um, I'm putting, trying to put, <laughs> I'm trying to test it so this way I could report back for people who haven't done any outbound but don't want to get on the phones, you know, maybe are unsure about outbound just in general, unsure about emails, unsure about where to get started. So just another thing I could maybe report back to the industry saying, you know, snail mail via postcards and uh, fax machines, but I'm trying to use new technology to track old technology. So I'm putting QR codes on, the faxes and the postcards just to see if they're i'm getting traction from that but i'm also obviously going to see if i'm selling domains right from that. right which at the end of the day that's kind of the the end result yeah we can look at the funnel we can look at the uh percentages of uh the throughput percentage but at the end of the day it's going to be the the dollars in the sense of what got sold what did i net so Yogi, then obviously you kind of alluded to it there in your intro in terms of having come from a lead gen background. So knowing all that you know, like what, you know, when you thought about, hey, oh, I'm getting into the domain industry, I'm going to do outbound, kind of what was your thought process and how to, and how and what tools, I guess, did you lean to sort of like Jason is testing with faxes as well as postcards and email, phone, texting, all those things. Like what was kind of your hierarchy or your prioritization? Was it phone first, then email or, you know, what was it? I do have some experience in, in marketing before, you know, I, I joined this industry, you know, I was, you know, as I said, I was generating leads for companies and, and I have also studied the marketing. So I use that my experience and, and, and also, you know, the, I didn't decide it that I have to, you know, join this industry. It was not like I have made up my mind that I'm going to be in this industry. It, I just, it, it just, it just happened out of nowhere. You know, I just <laughs> stumble upon, yeah, because when I was doing nothing, my business was getting, you know, were burning down. <laughs> I, I was just looking at the Google and looking for how to make money online. You know, I was just looking for the options. And then, you know, I always knew about this industry. It was always in my back of my mind there that this industry exists, but I never took it seriously. Mm. And yeah, and then I thought, right, you know, I think let's give it a try. If it works, I'm just going to give it a try and see how it goes. So, and I used emails, you know, I mean, this is what I do. I, I, I mean, emails, sending emails, emails, marketings are my priorities because, because this is, I think what I'm good at. 
I'm not too bad over the phone as well because uh, I used to make you know 400, 500 cold calls a day when I was in Australia, and it wow. was it, yeah, I was just you know I was selling some products, and it was not paper hour job. It was commission based. If I sell, I get paid. If I don't make a sale, I won't get anything. So so that's how. you know it's kind of started with me and i saw the i i went through youtube i saw a couple of videos there and so called pros and and they were just telling their showing their you know how much earning they have made you know they were just sharing their bank statement i mean that's okay but how to do it you know that's the question that's the big question how to how to do it then i came across a video which is one of my favorite videos so far which i have actually downloaded and watched a couple of times that was dn academy and michael siger so then i realized that this is how to do it so i went to the website and then i saw the the price there uh, okay that that's expensive <laughs> so so, <laughs> so i didn't join the course but from that video it all started for me i have mentioned this earlier as well and i think i was lucky enough to got a couple of sales you know easily i mean not that easily but but yeah i'm pretty fast so that's how it go it all get started for me no i'm not going to let you try to try to slide that one over oh i just got a couple of sales this man came into the industry with literally 15 plus domain sales in a matter of 60 days and i don't even i bet you if i bet you if i go back from the time that that episode ended up till now you i know you've had to sell at least what you've got to at least be close to at least 75 maybe 100 domains by now i'm i'm not going to tell you that because whenever <laughs> i keep whenever i count my sales how many domains i have sold my sales get dropped down you know so i have stopped to the day i'm yeah so i'm superstitious kind of guy so 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 yeah i'm, I'm not going to tell you You just keep getting whatever you have in your mind. 100, <laughs> 200. I'm not gonna tell you anything. Hey, man! I I tell you right now, if you go and look at, at Yogi Solanki's Twitter handle, uh, just his his Twitter feed, actually, literally, it is like clockwork, my man. So, uh, congratulations in terms of figuring out that consistency. One thing I want to go back to though with Jason and Jason you brought this up and I think it's a a valid question for both you and Yogi and you brought up you mentioned the pitch and the art to creating and refining the pitch. So, I mean, can you both elaborate on that in terms of what did you do? How did you even craft your pitch and then how are you refining it along the way? Well, so my pitch I I like to think I I'm a student of my craft and I'm always trying to absorb information. So even I mean whether I was at, you know, dot club, you know, in a co-work space at their startup dot club or I'm working from home in my home office or I was back in New York um working my family business as a pawnbroker. I was always listening to podcasts on the way to work, re- having audible books, um reading books, trying to absorb any information on whether it's just domain names in general, but then like negotiation, sales, and then honing in on who I feel I connect with 
And Chris Zyker, um, I really connect with him. Like he follows a lot of the same people I do. So it's basically just, um, you know, learning from some of the top sales pros and negotiators and then tweaking it to my style. And then the pitch is, you know, if it's a small mom and pop shop, like, um, you know, smaller price point or, you know, Fortune 500. And then a twist was, you know, selling dot coms is hard enough. Then going to work for dot club. Um, I was an investor in dot club before I started to work for them. I, my first domain I bought actually was from Paige Howe. That's how I made my relationship. I bought it from him on names pro name pros. I bought bacon dot club from him. And he told me it was a sizzling name, which is funny because he sold it to the Jewish kid who wanted to start a drop shipping bacon <laughs> business. Uh, but I love it. I love it. Um, Only in the domain and- industry. But then the pitch changed. Um, so it took a long time to, like, I, I have 12 to 16 stage email campaigns. So, you know, to get one message across is enough, you know, in .com, aside from price points and different verticals, then switching to a .club, I had to go into a deeper meaning, you know, like club connotes community, exclusivity, loyalty, luxury, and then breaking down a different angle and pitch and a lot of different touch points and using a lot of different proof, you know, because that club is new, like dot com, I'm trying to convince them, you know, an old dog, new tricks, dot uh, club, they already have a dot com, I'm not trying to upgrade or downgrade. I'm trying to give them something completely, you know, I'm trying to sell frozen ice to Eskimos. And Yogi, you, in terms of how did you, how have you crafted your pitch and then I guess refined it along the way? My pitch is pretty, pretty simple. You know, I, I just keep it basic and short and simple. That's it. And I keep it, you know, very personalized as well to get the maximum response and open rate. So for example, you know, what I do is, you know, if I just write to them and let them know that you have this, I have this. If you're interested or have any questions, just just reply and let me know. So I keep it very short and simple based on the, the, the results I have received so far. But in past, I have tried, you know, I have keep on doing A-B testing. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, recently what I did was, you know, I was thinking of giving a try by writing a long essay kind of email. And, and trust me, it didn't work. I just wanted to give a try. I never did that. <laughs> and, and I haven't even received a single reply. Not even a, like a not interested or stop bothering me. People didn't even reply to me. They may so, be so still it, reading it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> I was on mute, but I was laughing a while ago. <laughs> they may still be reading it. Who knows? Yeah, I'm tracking them down. And somehow, you know, in a few days, I just, I just you know, send them email. Like, how's it going? Have you gone through my email? You know, blah, blah, blah. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm tracking them down. So, so I just keep it very short and simple. That's it. No, nothing, nothing like fancy words. I mean, it's boring. I mean, yeah. So Yogi, that's interesting. Now you just said you keep it, you know, short and simple. Now the one thing that, you know, kind of blows my mind is you never mentioned the price, or at least I don't recall you mentioning the, the price initially out of the gate in terms of your email. Yeah, I never ever do give give them my pricing on my first email. 
Why is that? You know, I just if you are giving, you know, whenever in my opinion, if you're doing outbound, you are always few steps behind compared to inbound. You know, inbound means you customer is not a king. You are the king, right? I mean, because you they they are coming to you rather than in outbound, you are knocking on their door. So in that case, on pricing point of view, you are always few steps behind if you compare to the inbound. So, so that's the reason, you know, I, I don't give them a pricing. I just let them know that this is what I have. And if you can, I think that will be great if you can, if, I mean, if you up, upgrade it from whatever you have. So, so that works for me. Interesting. And Jason, now do, I, I guess, do you subscribe to the, to the same approach of not including the price or, you know, kind of what are your thoughts uh, around your experience in terms of, of that? Well, I take a I take a very similar approach um, as Yogi with just like whether it's via any type of communication, just being like, "Hey, like I have this," or "Did you know this is available?" Just like trying to start a conversation. Since day one, day one I started with pricing, but day one I had eight dollars, eight dollar hand range domains that weren't worth eight cents that I was trying to sell for $350. And then I learned quickly. So I started with pricing and then I, st I'm still testing every day. I'm always testing. And, but it, listen, if I'm selling a name, if I'm at CETO and I'm reaching out on a, you know, $500,000 name, or, you know, we could take that down a notch or up a notch. I'm not like, Hey, I got this uh, $2 million name, you interested? <laughs> no, like here's my card. Tactical, I'm testing price on a lower level, but basically just you wanna get them, you wanna, you wanna get the conversation started. You know, you don't wanna scare them away, but if you think you're gonna entice them with like, hey, I have this, you know, $8 hand reg, or, you know, I have this, $2,500 domain, $7,500 domain, depending who you're targeting and their budget, it may entice them to respond back. So that, I mean, that's why I'm always testing. Just, just now, get a response. Interesting. So yeah. now does the pitch change from, you know, so are you, let's, let's just take, for example, you have a, you already have your email pitch. Yogi says he keeps it short and sweet. That's great. But are you taking that same pitch and let's say I dial up, then is it a matter of I'm using the same pitch or I'm using something totally different in terms of messaging when I get somebody on the phone versus the email pitch? They're, they're probably the same pitch spun different ways because I mean, I, when I say a pitch, I, I have a pitch, like it's the way I'm approaching something. Mm -hmm. But then my pitch turns into either an email campaign or a script, a phone script. So, I mean, I'm not just picking up and, you know, dialing in like, hey, Joe, Tuesday, you know, <laughs> axe.com thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is Jason. Sorry. <laughs> you, you know, you know, you want to have a script. You want to be prepared, like just like if you're going I mean, listen, you're trying to add value. You're, you're coming up to a stranger saying, stop for me, get their attention, stop them, convince them that 
you're worth talking to and sticking around to listen. And that needs to be planned, whether it's an email, a phone call, a fax, printing postcards. You want to be thought out and you want to be executed. Right, right. So essentially, it's it's yep. it's looking at, you know, when we talk about the three rules of engagement of relationship then likely education, then likely the close. Now, obviously, the education bit can be somewhat of an optional thing because for some people, they get it and they go, yeah, okay, you made the connection with me. We're in a relationship. All right, how much is it? Then there's the close. When other times, it's probably you're going to take a, a longer path, shall we say, to grandma's house of getting the close in terms of relationship, relationship, a bit of education, a bit more relationship, bit bit education, then the close happens. So, you know, coming coming from that, one of the things that I think that domain investors uh, often want to know or what I've seen, rather, um, especially on Yogi's uh, Twitter feed is in terms of that pitch is... So let's even take a step back in terms of, you know, not even focused on what's said in the email, but let's even take a step back to like the subject line. Like how important is the subject line in that? Are you A-B testing your subject lines? Yeah, I love A-B. Well, I love A-B test everything, but I love A-B testing my uh, subject lines. As to how important it is, this could be a weeks-long podcast, and um, I would love to have Yogi on it for every single minute of it because um, there's just so much education. I mean, how important right. is the subject line? Yeah, it's important, right? Um, but if you're, if you're not inboxing, then no, it's not important. Uh, so I guess there's a lot of things to think about. But yeah, I mean, it's the most important thing ever. I mean... So if you're inboxing, that's great. But if you're inboxing and they're not opening anything, you don't know the difference. Right, right. No matter what tracker. I mean, unless there's some super tracker. And and regardless, even if you have the super tracker, your message isn't getting in front of the eyes you want it to. And that's where everyone thinks the subject line is like the holy grail. And it, and it kind of is, but now you have the snippets and the email and listen, basically yeah. what it comes down to, listen, you could have the greatest subject line. You could have all your, uh, you know, records set up, your DKIM, your SPF, your DMARC. You could do everything right to get into the inbox, have the greatest subject line, have the greatest message. But basically think about on the other end, how much spam do you get every day? Are you sending something of value? Even if you have a great subject line, they open it. Is your message getting across? Because they could open it a thousand times. It's just get your message to add value and to get them to respond back. That's the key. Give them something worth value to them, but get them to respond back. Gotcha. Now, Yogi, now, I mean, in terms of subject line, now, obviously, you you know, with your background, I mean, and I think I heard you kind of chime in there and said it's very important. Like, why is it and how, I guess, what testing have you done that kind of proves and says, well, hey, you know, if I include the person's name in the subject line, that's better. Or I, if I include the domain name in the subject line, that's worse. Like, what type of things have you encountered and experienced? You know, it, it all starts with subject line. Based on my own data and studies, I also 
you know, was reading one of the articles, you know, 60% of the email get open only because of subject line. Subject line plays a very vital role to, to get your email open. In a couple of days back, I think I have shared, I, I did a tweet regarding the subject lines as well. So where I shared some of the subject lines I've been using and, and, and I'm 100% agree with Jason, you know, it's all about A-B testing. You know, I, I don't just stick with one, just, just one subject line because the more you use the subject line, you know, the one particular subject line, the chances are that it will start going into spam. So you have to do A-B testing. And, and I just keep it short and simple. Like one of the, my favorite subject line, which has given me maximum sales so far is just the domain name and for sale. Like if I have like, like google.com, I'm just giving an example, google.com for sale. So that subject line, I think it has burned down now because I have shared it with so many people as well. And before me, someone else was also using it. They, I'm, I'm not saying I invented this subject line, but <laughs> Yeah, so so I just keep it short and simple. That's it. And and you know, no matter you know, just like you know, Jason said, it doesn't matter some you know how good is your subject line, how good is the 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 body section of your email. It all comes down to the value, and that value is the domain. You know, the kind of domain which you are selling to to the buyer. If the buyer doesn't see any value to the domain you are trying to sell, no matter how good is your subject line, even if Mark Zuckerberg is writing an email, it won't sell, you know? So, so, so yeah, it all comes down to, to domain, I guess. And so what's interesting to me is about the subject line, because the, the subject is, is oftentimes the first thing you see, if not the snippet. And yeah. I equate that subject to, you know, it's the subject line for the email. But then when I think about the phone, I'm like, it's that opening line. Like if you, if you stumble out of the gate on the opening line of a phone call, it's going to be hard to recover. Oh yeah, you're done. I've even A-B tested like what's better to use on the first initial touch? What do you use on the second initial touch? Like, so I'm A-B testing uh, the first touch, the follow-up, um, all of those, and then within those, a lot of different variations also. How many email touches do you give each contact? You know, this, the subject line which I, I'm been most successful with is just the domain name for sale. That's it. You know, though some might say that if you add the sale into subject line, then the chances are that your, uh, your email might get land into the spam folder. Right. So just so yeah, there are chances. I'm not denying that. The reason why I think I have able to get these so many responses and my email are able to get landed into the inbox rather than going into spam because my emails are pretty much warmed up. You know, I have done my work, you know, I mean homework before sending the email. So they are pretty warmed up and they are old emails. So so that's the reason they are going into the inbox rather than going into the spam. The email touch which you were asking me, I mean, I keep it pretty standard. My replies, it all depends on what kind of reply I get from the buyer. You know, most of the responses, you know, I'm not selling like you, like more than $1,000 of domains, worth of domains. You know, I'm just 
selling like on, on the lower side, like $300, $200, even $100 or 800, 700, $1,000. I have sold a couple of domains for $1,000. So I keep it pretty, pretty, you know, standard. So if, so it, my reply, it all comes down to what kind of the questions the, the, the buyer is asking me. So are you doing all this manually? Are you doing it yes. using some automation? Recently, I have started using Drip Campaign. 80% of my emails are manually. Now my inventory, you know, the domains inventory is getting, is getting up. So those domains which doesn't get sold, I use the Drip Campaign on that because for, that, for those domains, I don't need to work that much, that, you know, send much harder by doing manual work. So, I, so then I decided that let's try a Drip Campaign. But 80% of my emails I, I'm doing right now are manually. Yogi, I did manual drip campaigns for the first year and a half I was doing outbound. <laughs> and I, did, I, I had a standard six <laughs> stage. And I would spend hours copying it, pasting, going through my outbox, you know, because yeah. I had just left my family. I didn't know if what I was doing was right. I couldn't legitimize spending more money until I started making more sales. So I guess what I'm saying is, Yogi, two things, which I think some of the listeners um, and I'm interested in, is now that you just started doing drip campaigns, mm -hmm. who have you been using? And number two, since you're doing 80% of your outbound email manually, yep. you said, Based on everything I heard before, it depends on what they're saying. So if you don't get a response, do you mm -hmm. send anyone a second email? Follow real money is in follow up, like you say. You know, right. I mean, so, yeah. so how many manual drip campaigns are you doing right now? I'm not into the the drip campaign that much, you know, the automated process. I'm only using those automation tools to, to sell some of my unsold inventories. And I have sold few like that. But as far as the manual emails are concerned and follow-up, I, I do follow each and every emails. If, if I, I mean, I keep on track on them and see how many times someone has opened the emails and whoever opened the most, they are going to be my primary target. So, so whoever opens the emails, I keep my follow-up time every third day and I follow up not more than three times. If I don't get any reply, I, I, I just, you know, let them go rather than, you know, keep bothering them again and again after trying it for, for three times. So you have a nine-day nine sales cycle, essentially. That, yeah, exactly. That's right. How and then what, get what happens after that? I'm not going to give up on them. You know, what I did was, you know, I sold a couple of my unsold domains. If nothing happened, if it's completely silent, nothing happened, no reply, no interest. I just list them everywhere. You know, I, I, in my opinion, I don't think they are that bad name. So I list them everywhere, Afternik, Dan, Zero, everywhere. So if somehow I get an inbound inquiry, I, I might giving myself a chance to sell it but if still i don't get any any kind of response then what i do i give myself like three four months three months time and then i try to 
sell that name again after three months. And if renewal comes up, and if I still don't get any response from there, I might give it one more try, else I'll go to name liquidate. That's it. That's the last option I have. <laughs> so one, one of the things I actually want to go all the way back to that I heard you say, when you said warm up emails, like walk us yeah. through what that means and kind of, you know, what does it mean and how do you do it? Warm up me- emails means, I mean, in general, means that you have a new, if you create a new email account, for example, any free account on Gmail or Yahoo or Outlook, and, and you think that, okay, I got an email now, let me send thousands of emails or hundreds of emails. You, you might be able to do that for a couple of days, but, but your account will get blocked there because of the, 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 uh. the, the, the because of the policy, all these, you know, I mean, email companies they have. So before you send thousands of emails or hundreds of emails on a new email, you have to warm them up. You know, create a one account. I'm just giving an example. Like I just created a new Gmail account and then I will send the email to, to someone I know, like my family or my friends and have them reply back to me, build a conversation, not just send the email, have a conversation in between in those to warm up the emails. Do it for at least, I'll say, four, eight weeks, I guess, two months. Keep on doing this process. What will happen? The, 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 your reputation, your email reputation will going to increase. Once you successfully do that, I think after that period, you can able to send 100 to 500 emails every day if you, if, if you do that. So wait a minute though. Now you told you just told me it's gonna take me two months before I'm able to send hundreds of emails from this given free account. What am I supposed to do between zero and two months if I want to try to sell something? Warm them up. <laughs> but, but but you know if if you have your if you are using you know everyone has their email ID right? Right. If you have. If you have your personal email, which you've been using it from last couple of years, meanwhile, you can use that email to do some outbound. Till the time you are warming up other emails. Yogi, are you sending, I meant to ask you that before, are you sending emails from a personal <laughs> Gmail account? Uh, I used to do that, but recently I have got the G, G Suite, a professional account, but I'm, I'm still using my free Email, email ID. So you're still warming it up? You still have your warming yeah. blanket out? Every month I'm, I'm warming up three emails. Three Yogi, emails. Yogi, I could give you about 10 of my emails after we get off this call. <laughs> you could send an email to them every hour if you want. I'll accept them. And I'll respond back because I could use some warming too. Always. <laughs> okay. okay. Winter is Here. fast approaching. <laughs> Winter is always here in our world. <laughs> so the, the, another tactic uh, that I've seen, but before we actually go to this other tactic, one thing that I want to go back to, and I will circle back around to uh, this other question that I, that I have about another uh, tactic that I think I've seen Yogi, Yogi use. But Jason, one thing that I heard you say probably a few minutes ago was that you had sent an email to uh, a customer and you saw that they opened it 72 times. How? 
like what tool are you using to have been able to track that? I mean, are you using like MailChimp or Streak or what are you using? Better question is what tool have I not used currently? And and, and this is part of um, my, my always testing. So currently I'm using to test um, MixMax and I'm also using Snavio um, or yes, Snav.io. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. You asked me the, the drip campaign, which I'm using. That is, I'm using Snowvibe, Snowvio. I mean, yeah. So this is, this is the one I'm using. Yeah, so I'd be interested to hear more about that. So I'm only using, so I've been using Mixmax for a while. Um, I'm using Snavio or Snav.io as an email finder like hunter.io um but they do have a drip campaign it does look pretty awesome and they have a bunch of other features that i'm paying for but i'm only using it for the email verifier right now because i'm just using i'm just so set with mixmax and i touched upon this on my uh talking names kind i mean listen if you're doing any kind of outbound and even if you're not i mean you should have an email tracker at the very least know when people are opening your emails i mean clicking on links is great other bells and whistles are great but at least when someone opens your email if you if you're really doing outbound like how many times you know locations stuff like Mm -hmm. that but um otherwise you're just shooting in the dark i mean like you could be sending the best emails the best subject lines inboxing you know, at the best prices on the best domains, but if no one's respond, like something's off, but like maybe they're not getting it. Maybe they are. You don't know. You, you need to know that. Right. And, and then so the other thing is, because one thing that comes to mind is now with mix, you said mix mat, mix yeah, max. M, yeah, it's all of M-I-X-M-A-X. Okay, mix max. So then in terms of that, now Jason, are you able to see, for instance, I know that if oh, uh, you're all. dealing with corporate companies, so you you send the email to one person, are you able to see like they forward it on or you, you see a email opens from different locations? So let's say you send it to somebody in California, they forward it to somebody that was you know, based in Chicago, are you seeing that, that type of data? I, I don't think you can see that. I think that's against some kind of like <laughs> internet cyber mail police or something. But I can see how many times they're opening it. The person, my recipient, how many times they're opening it on what devices and where mm. with Mixmax. So yeah. like I could see if they checked it on their phone three times at what time, like maybe on their ride home from work and then they got home and they checked it from their like Mac, like PC. Um, and then the next morning they checked it at a different location from uh, Windows, you know, PC, stuff like that. So then Yogi, like, do you use some of the same tools in terms of being able to track uh, your outbounding uh, strategies and tactics and efforts? Yeah, I mean, same tools. I'm, I'm using Snowview. I don't know how to pronounce it. Snow.io, whatever it is. <laughs> and I'm using their 
you know, the, the Chrome extension to track if someone is opening my emails or not. You know, these are the basics of email marketing. You know, Jason said it correctly. You know, these are the basics. If you are not following the basics, and then it will be very hard. You know, I mean, so basics are, are must. So track your emails, see how many times someone is opening your email, and, and keep an eye on it. Don't just let it go. You know, keep an eye on it for a couple of days and, and then follow them back. So then it's not necessarily because, so this is the, the old automation versus manual conversation. So obviously with phone, there can be auto dialers, auto bots, whatever you want to call them. Um, obviously with email, you can do email automation, um, basically drip campaigns. But to a certain extent, what I'm hearing you both say is you're not getting out of doing the work. Like you must do the work. If you do not put in hours, you're not going to get sales like that to think that you can pull a magic trick that you can just buy domains and they're going to sell themselves i mean that's selling I, I you're not doing the industry any good and you're certainly not doing yourself any good so it's it's a matter of like hey you got to put in the work and speaking of putting in the work like let's even back up because we've talked about tools we've talked about option strategies how do you both find your buyers? So Yogi, I mean, like, how do you go about finding, you have a domain, but how do you go about finding who, who's the best match for this? It all depends on the domain, actually, you know, how many buyers I can find. So I only look for, I only try to buy those domains where I can find at least, you know, 100 to 200 businesses, because that will help me to build my email list to get to get the maximum conversion and and the i use google i go up to 10 to 20 pages the first 20 pages on google to find the the buyers and i also you know i mean i sold one domain by where the 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 buyer who bought it they got nothing to do with the domain they just wrote one article about it and I still, you know, send them emails, and it was it was get sold. So it start with Google. It start with Google. I also use LinkedIn a lot. I wasn't using it earlier, but now recently, you know, in the last couple of months, I have started using LinkedIn. Yeah. Yogi, okay, where do you post this? Where do you post this article that these people find and buy your domains? I want to do this. Yeah, I mean, it was on Google. The, the domain was handmadeinbali.com. There was the, the buyer who actually bought it. He got nothing to do with, this, the, with the domain which I was trying to sell, like handmade, you know, arts and whatever he was selling it. He just had one blog post about it because, you know, most of the people, you know, I mean, I was also doing the same thing that even if you see a website has written a blog about the domain you are trying to sell and they got nothing to do with the with the domain you are selling if you give it a try it might work might work because this is what i did he he just had a one blog post about it i i pitched him the 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 domain and he was very interested in it. and 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 it just got sold hold on hold on back up back up so this guy what what's his <laughs> blog about he he was just talking about the I don't remember. No no what's what's his main blog? What's what's like his blog about? He was just talking about the art, like how to do make you know. Sounds like an arts blog. Art, and he art wrote, blog, wrote, yeah. He wrote one article 
about handmade art in Bali and yeah. you came across it. You pitched him handmade in Bali.com and, and then he bought the domain? After a couple of days, yeah. So it's amazing. So yeah, That's I, a beautiful thing. You're a beast. You're a beast. <laughs> no, I was lucky. It was just a one-time fluke. <laughs> Until it happens I'm, twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jason, like, how how do you go about finding? Because uh, so you know, Yogi mentioned, hey, he's using Google. He's going up to through the first twenty pages, capturing sites and contact information. Like, how do you go about finding your buyers? Yogi's a lot smarter than me. I was. And I am very lucky. I inherited this crystal ball from my grandmother. And um, <laughs> I have a halo I was born with. No, um, I do the same thing. Um, just like Yogi. Um, I don't go that. So I used to go 20 pages deep. Uh, I remember those days. I don't go that far anymore. But now I have such a, like, between my own inventory and brokering, like, I don't ever really have to go that deep anymore. Sometimes maybe I should like circle back like round Robin and which I, it's funny that we're discussing this, which is a tactic I'm just doing right now. So I'm getting to the end of like a list, but on that list, like a good amount of names have sold. So I'm going back to the beginning and starting on page 10 of Google and going back because in my spreadsheet, I have notes saying like, start on page two of Google, start on page four of Google. So I'm just starting at the back. So I know I hit like one, two, like I, and I know I hit them hard. So now I'm starting at 10, like people who have like much inferior things. Like I couldn't sell to the people who are on page one, page two, you know, a couple months have gone by, you know, deals might've fallen off the table. So now I'm starting at the other end and hitting them in reverse. We'll see what happens. Hmm. Now yeah. do now do either of y'all now obviously that is like when I and it's so interesting, you're putting in the hours, you're putting in the work that it takes to do that because that's not a sit down and do this in 30, 40 minutes type of uh, of a thing. I mean, that can sometimes take hours, if not days, uh, doing it well, doing it right, um, and being meticulous about the details. Now the the other side of it because i hear i hear the listeners out there going but man if i don't have the time to do that now do you recommend buying list of of possible buyers based on industry market or whatever you know based on a given domain that they want to sell i think certain industries buying lists it's valid i think with what we do it's so tar it's it's so it's already so targeted that you need to be targeted on top of that, that like, who, who are you going to dial up to get you a list for handmadeinbali.com? Who's, who are you going to get a list from? Well, I mean, there are tools that are out there like discover org. Um, what is it? There was another, I, it was pipe something or another, uh, but pipe drive? It, yeah. was it pipe drive? No, I don't know. Or, or I think pipe drives like CRM or something like that. Yeah. But there are a couple, uh, you know, tools that are out there. Discover org, uh, dataprovider.com. What are um, they, now, scrapers? 
I, I, you know, I have no clue, but I do, what I do know about them is, um, and, and this is just based upon uh, corporate experience. Now, obviously with corporate tools comes corporate pricing, but they do have small business, you know, pricing but, in terms but, of helping to, to prospect customers. Yeah. But, but if someone buy the list, if someone is paying money to buy the email list, it has to be personalized for one domain. Like how many emails do you think you can get? If you are paying someone, you know, money, and if you're thinking that you will get thousands of emails, I'm afraid it's not going to happen until and unless you have an, you know, I mean, a very good premium name. Like, for example, if you have insurance.com and you go and buy a list for that name, then you have the whole world to target. You can buy as many lists as possible. Right. But if you have insurance.com, you're not buying a list. But on the flip side, to Yogi's point, point, right, we're both trying to say, one, we don't recommend buying a list. I don't think buying a list in, I think buying a list in general is like a last, like a last ditch effort because other people have that list. And listen, I used to work for insurance and listen, those lists go through so many people. You're handed lists. But it just doesn't, with our industry, every name and every name and every company is different. Because yeah. you could be targeting the owner for the same domain. And then with another company, you could be targeting the chief marketing officer. You could be targeting um the yeah. domain admin um you could be targeting the owner's mother and if those <laughs> lists are just generated like oh sally and hr like you're not gonna even if you get through to sally and hr you think she cares that you're selling her you know whatever domain she doesn't even know what a domain is she thinks it's like just another spam now so it does you no, no good you need to be so targeted. There is no magic elixir that you can take that is going, you must put in the time and the effort. Because, I mean, I think, Yogi, you said you're putting in something like a couple hours a day. I mean, more than a couple hours a day, right, in terms of prospecting and emailing and all that? I'm a full-time in this. So if, if you are full-time in any business or any job you do, you have to give it time. You know, so, so I'm giving, like, eight hours 10 hours a day every day you know so then coming back around to the to the question that i had in terms because i remember i said something in in regards to hey what are we supposed to do between zero months to two months in terms of waiting for emails to warm up um now one of the things that i had stumbled up on yogi across your twitter feed was that you often or sometimes also go to a company's website and will use their contact form. Can you explain a little bit kind of where, what's the idea behind that or what's, you know, what's the concept? You're spying on me. I have to block you on my Twitter now because that's where you are getting all these questions. <laughs> hey man, I got to do my research on people. <laughs> yeah, that's good research. Joke spot, you know, yeah, I mean, I have sold a couple of domains by just filling out the contact text form. You know, I have, and I, I'm been 
still still now i've been receiving good response from from all these companies listen see i'm i'm not selling premium domains so i'm not targeting corporate companies you know big companies mm. if you that's the difference if you fill out the contact us form of any big companies they they're not going to respond to you they don't care but <laughs> so so yeah so my niche is you know pre, i'm only focusing on targeting small businesses and most of these contact us form which i fill and i get the response from there i can see the response i get from the owners because they are self employed they just have a small website have a small business so they are taking care of their in, uh, emails themselves rather than have someone else taking care of these emails so yeah i mean it all depends on how you know i mean uh, big or premium domains you are selling i'm just selling small domains for 200 300 so so that makes a lot of sense if i i only fill up the contact us form if i don't get emails from anywhere that is my last resort i mm. if i don't get any email only then i fill up the contact us form but if you have got the emails it, i mean for me it doesn't make any sense to fill out the fill out the form if email bounce then also you have to fill out the contact us form now jason have you ever tried that before filling out contact forms or any other just kind of <laughs> off the wall idea that you go man i don't even know if this is going to work but it's worth a try i'd rather play never have i ever <laughs> <laughs> I do it all man. Um <laughs> Listen and I still listen it's not something I brag about and let me preface with this. Um <laughs> this is this is where I I so Alvin I'm like you. I'm a I'm a data man. I'm a I'm a big data man. I'm a small data man. I'm all about the data. But you can't test this data bigger names. I mean you can. You can right. absolutely. Right. But, you know, choose your battles and like thankfully I have the full spectrum, you know, selling smaller, you know, personal names, you know, like a churn and burn model, right. selling client names and I I don't know if I should be saying this on the air, but I <laughs> I have experience sending an email to the info at let's say we're doing a small like for let's take a yogi example, right? Um I I'll send it, an email to the info at and then I'll use like one of our tools and I'll scrape like maybe the owner's email just like one right. like, which was almost impossible to find. So I'll do that email. I'll also always check the who is information. If I get that, I'll also send that. I'll if I get their Facebook page, I'll send them sometimes I'll send them a Facebook message with a picture. Sometimes you'll also find a different email on their Facebook page than you would have found on the who is and you would have found from your uh Snavio or Hunter or any other scraping tool or that's on their website right. because I set them up at different times always check that and sometimes I send uh I comment on their most recent or pinned post with my message and a picture and then I tag their Facebook app page name in it so not only hmm. is my comment being 
posted with a picture, with the domain names in the hyperlinks that have my Dan for sale landers in it and a picture of the domain name that I created. Like, let's say it's like, you know, handmade in Bali. I have a picture of like a rug with the words handmade in Bali.com, like visit handmade in Bali.com on their Facebook page. I like it. And then I'll like all the other comments that are on that post. So the owners see all of that attention and are forced to see either my email to their info ad, their individual, their who is, my Facebook message, or my Facebook comment. So that's a lot of uh, getting in front of, that's a, that's a lot of eyes to get in front of just through Facebook and email. Right. And then let's talk about postcards and fax and phone. Yeah, and FedEx and who knows, <laughs> who knows what else. Yeah, and, and uh, drones. <laughs> oh no yeah, i can i can hear listeners right now oh man i'm going to get me a drone i'm going to uh paint the domain on it fly yeah, it listen over. it's impossible listen it's not easy but if you if you will it there's a way <laughs> it, with all this technology we have today if you want to get in front of someone listen there's a right way there is a respectful way but at the end of the day, if you're running a business and, you know, like, you know, if, if this is your business model, you know, you're buying names, you're selling them at $200, you know, you're, you have a nine day horizon for your sales, you know, time frame, and then you're on to the next one. It's, uh, you know, eat or be eaten, you know, and then on to the next one. And then maybe you have a round two. Now, let me ask you this. So, you know, kind of as we head towards a close, and, and this is a question that we, we've kind of hit on, but we've really not even talked about uh, pricing. And so because there's all these many other factors at play. So I, I know somebody's out there going, well, yeah, you've told me a little bit about your tools. You told me some of your tactics and strategies, but when do you introduce price? Like, do you allow the customer to, to bring that up? Or is that something that, Hey, I only mention price on the third contact, the fifth contact. What, what's kind of the rule of thumb for you? Ideally. And as someone who's doing outbound, who's already in, you know, a negative position, I want everything in my favor. You know, I want all the gods on my side. So I want them to bring up, bring up the price. And like, if you're doing what Yogi said, you know, like, you know, just reaching out, like, you know, domain for sale, you know, if they're interested right off the way, right off the bat, like you said, you know, there's a certain degree of education in every sale. If there is no degree of education needed, he sends that email. They like the sound of it. They're going to, res- they're going to reply. Yogi, let, let me get my crystal ball. You get a response saying, how much? 80% of those are how much with a question mark. You know, so, uh, I've never heard yeah. that before, but my crystal ball is right. Yeah, they're going to want to know. So they'll bring it up. Um, but that's why I always test also like, and I said on the smaller names. So like if you're reaching out on an $8 name that you just hand registered and you're going to do a quick flip and you know there's a couple great buyers you know, if you reach out and say, you know, 250, 350 bucks, you know, it's a pretty easy sale at the end of the day. Like you're not going to be all mysterious is you don't, they're not going to expect it to go for, you know, 25 K 
you know, it's, um, you know, handmade scarves in wherever dot biz. So you're selling it to them for 200 bucks. They're happy to have it. And then you're on to the next one. But uh, yeah, definitely try to let them to bring up price. You know, don't negotiate against yourself. Gotcha. And Yogi, I mean, kind of what are your thoughts in terms of when you introduce pricing? I always try to build a conversation with the customers. And, and also, you know, before I actually, you know, give them the pricing, I do a background kind of check on the companies to see if like, you know, how big they are, how many employees they have in their company. So I do kind of my background check on it. And, and based on that, you know, I, I, I use, you know, Google appraisal, you know, I won't recommend it, but you know, Hey, you know, this is my way of doing, you know, I mean, outbound. So, yeah. So, and, and so far it has worked for me. I mean, the help of God. So, so I use Google uh, GoDaddy appraisal to just to get the idea because see, I'm not, selling on retail value, the, the, the model which I have, it's kind of wholesale kind of process I'm, I'm doing it. So based on that, I get the idea. I do give them comps as well for the comparable domains sold in the past. And based on that, I, I just let them know about their offer. I also, you know, take this screenshot of the, uh, of the domain on, from the GoDaddy appraisal and send them over that you know, everybody knows GoDaddy, you know, they're not going to listen to me. I'm giving my sales a chance so that, you know, they know GoDaddy, who GoDaddy is. So they will trust GoDaddy more than me, I guess. So <laughs> if GoDaddy is telling them that the pricing for this domain is, let's say, $800 or $900. So based on that, I, I get offers. They will say $400, $500. And look, I don't mind it. I don't mind taking $200 because how much I paid for the domain? I paid probably $10, $20, $50 if I did a back order. So the ROI is good. And that's how my pricing, pricing model works. So, yeah. Yogi's got a arbitrage business. But it, it, it's smart and it works. So like I was going to say, I, I have a lot of comments to make on a lot of things you said, which you touched on a lot of great points. But one thing I did want to mention, and I'm glad we finished on it was um the appraisal so i I agree with you a hundred percent i would i don't ever use appraisals when i first started Mm -hmm. i i did i did a similar thing as yogi and listen yogi you use it every single time it works in your favor right but when your your domain falls at you know below 69 dollars you don't, you don't, you don't send the picture of the appraisal, right? That's right. Right. So listen, we're, we're, we're creating opportunity. That's what Yogi's doing. So he's, that, he's not just attaching a picture of an appraisal. He found that because he's hand registered and the common public doesn't know that, first of all, appraisals are all cockamimi nonsense, but also GoDaddy on most hand reg or whatever domains will appraise it between six and nine hundred dollars on average unless it's a new extension and unless it's really terrible godaddy will on average appraise it between six and nine hundred dollars so it's not bad for someone who bought a domain five seconds ago for eight or ten or twenty bucks 
to send out an email that shows the domains appraised for, let's say on the lower side, 600. I'm offering it to you for 400. They come back to him and say, we'll give you 200. He says, deal, want to do it 10 times more? You know, the other thing that, that you all got me thinking about, which I think is probably a, a good place here that we really didn't get to talk, we, we touched on it a bit, but like, I know that hearing everything that we've heard thus far, somebody's going to go out there, they're going to want to start this outbound process and they're going to say, oh, but one thing that I never heard them talk about was the best days, the best times to do all of this stuff. And so, you know, kind of what's been your own experience? Is there, you know, is Monday, is that the best day to, to send email or is it the best day to follow up or is it Thursday or Wednesday or Friday? Like kind of what's been your experience around the best days, the best times to, you know, start outbounding domains? Best time is now, baby. True. Best time was yesterday. Second best time is now. <laughs> For me, I mean, I mean, based on my own data and the studies which I have done by other, you know, marketing companies, the the best days are Monday, like Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Those three days, I get the maximum response from 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 the from the buyers, hmm. and and timing, see, and and the timing totally, you know, I mean, depends on where you are targeting the customers. Right. Like most of the, yeah, so there are different time, you know, slots you can choose, but the, the best times are morning and at evening. For example, you can start at somewhere about six in the morning where you will get the maximum response because nowadays everyone is on mobile and, and our day starts by replying to emails, you know, by looking at the notification we have received. So if you do it at early morning, six or seven o'clock, you will get some very good response. Nine or ten o'clock, also good. At evening, you can you can send emails about six or seven p.m. So so that also good. Uh, Yogi's right. So like I mean, it's old marketing knowledge, and and I mean real old marketing knowledge, to or sales knowledge to sell on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know, yeah. back to the assembly line days when workers, everybody wants to get out of work on Fridays. Everybody's thinking of the weekend, TGIF. You know, Monday, everybody's putting out fires. The last thing ever, anybody wants is being back at work, let alone being sold something they didn't even know existed their first day back at work. So Yogi's right there. But then, like, let's go with, like, real low level. So, like, the tool I'm using, Mix, MixMax, that tool will tell you individually. So, if you're sending out individual emails, what time for that person, their inbox is most active. So, if I'm sending out an email to Alvin, and Alvin, let's say, batches his emails and, or uses an app that only gives him access to his inbox twice a day. Because like, and you could see the activity spikes in the time charts. Like, it just like it's all zero, and then at twelve noon, everybody like it's just spiked completely to a hundred, and then it goes back down to zero, and then at four p.m. it spiked to a hundred. So like, the company puts like locks on their corporate emails for them only to get access to it at twelve and four. So you would send the emails to that company 
and those individuals at those times. For the same domain name in the next company, it may be different times. So like there are tools that can help you, but I've been testing it personally over the years before the tools came out. And just um, for anyone who's looking to get into outbound, I would also suggest holidays is a great time. Uh, people think uh, holidays is a terrible time because people are wet. People look for any excuse to get away from their families. You shoot them an email, they'll use any excuse to get up from the table, respond to your email. I get my best response rates on the holidays. And, and really other great tip, Sunday night, starting at around 6 to 8 p.m., because a lot, depending on the time zone, because people are starting to get prepared for their work week. So if you hit them then, not too many people are, and they're getting prepared, and they'll usually want to get ahead of it before they get into the office on Monday. So you'll usually get a reply. Well, that is awesome. So wrapping up here, gentlemen, uh, I mean, what would be your advice? I mean, everybody's heard all this just knowledge of domain outbound strategies and best practices. And I know people are probably chomping at the bit if they haven't already started to go and try a few of these. Like, what would your advice be to someone starting uh, to outbound domains? Like, where is the ver- what's the very first step that you say, hey, do not pass go. You need to go and do this one thing. What's that, what's that one thing for you? I don't call myself an expert yet. But see, I mean, if you, if you want to start, if, if any beginner is listening, you know, they should start with someone they have prior experience working in it you know, that will help them a lot and that will make their life much easier. Because I'll give you my example. I started with insurance by selling a couple of insurance-related domains because I had the experience in that industry and I used that experience for, as, for, my, for my advantage. And, and I was able to get the uh, sales. I was able to get the domains. You know, I was able to get sold a couple of domains pretty fast. And that really gave me a lot of confidence to to start and 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 look for in other niches niche you can say so start with your niche which you know you have the experience and based on that once you get a couple of sales you get the confidence coming in you then you can move on to another niche niche and you have to give some time in it you know it doesn't happen overnight you have to do lots of planning you have to pick you know great i mean good names you have to do some research on getting the lead so so if you're thinking that you can you know i mean by sending a couple of emails you can get sales i mean i'm afraid you know it doesn't happen <laughs> so 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 yeah give yourself time listen to your podcast listen to alvin podcast follow jason and and these guys are great. And if someone is listening to this and trying to do outbound, I mean, Jason is the one they should be following it because I have learned so much from Jason. Awesome. Jason, what about you? Like, what's that one thing that you would advise someone that's just entering and they're thinking like, man, I'm about to try to set the uh, domain outbounding world on fire in terms of sales? Like, where should they start? What's the first thing that they should do? if I was interested right now is I would email me at Jason. Are you ready for this? No, selfless, selfless plug. Uh, <laughs> email me at J- Jason at help with my domain. 
Bootcamp.com. I have a new venture in the works, actually, for all you wannabe outbound sales maniacs. Um, <laughs> so I, I had this domain and actually I just started, uh, I registered it the other day because I, I, wanted, uh, I want you guys to warm it up for me because um, I needed another email and some more aliases. But then I started thinking more about it. And um, I do have something in the works, actively developing it. So uh, do help me warm up the email, but do shoot me an email at jason at helpwithmydomain.com. And I will have something up in the very near future uh, for anybody interested, beginner, intermediate, wanting to get involved in outbound sales. Uh, it's a... Uh, it's been really exciting, and uh, I look forward to it. And it's my passion. I love it. As, uh, as many of you know who have heard me talk or have been a part of any uh, you know, uh, domain socials, but I love this. It's my passion, and I want to help uh, anyone who's interested in listening to me because what I believe is what's good for us is good for the industry. If we could all reach more end users and engage with them, you know, get them more sales it's just a win-win for all of us that is correct and so you certainly jason you have that contact information there to reach out to jason as well you're on linkedin right uh yeah i'm on linkedin jason j-a-s-o-n uh my last name eisler e-i-s-l-e-r uh same on facebook and i'm on twitter also um on instagram all that stuff um, not on Twitter that much, but, um, my Twitter is Baron Von Eisler. Got it. And Yogi, how about yourself? I know, I know you're on Twitter, so certainly drop your Twitter handle there, but are you anywhere else? I'm not really on LinkedIn. I'm, I don't really use that much. So the best way to get in touch with me will be Twitter. My, my Twitter handle is Y Solanky, not with I ending with Y. So Y-S-O-L-A-N-K-Y. So that's my Twitter handle. And I also, you know, Alvin, I forgot to, to mention something. It just came up in my mind after listening to, to, to you know, I mean, Jason. Yeah. That, that I've been getting so many, you know, I mean, emails and messages on Twitter. Like, just help me out with my domain, sell my domains. And so I, I respect that. I, I, I mean, I... I want to help everyone, you know, I, but, you know, I can't really take the whole journey, journey to, to sell their domain because, because I have to put the food, uh, you know, food on the table for, as well. I have to, right. you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm Yogi, what do you mean? You can't help everyone and do your job at selling domains all day? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not a Superman. So I, I, I'm, I'm not a computer. I'm just a human. I, I can't, I'm not very good in multitasking. So, <laughs> so based on that, you know, I was thinking some of some other domainers friends I have, they've been also, you know, pushing me. I've been receiving some tweets as well to do this. So based on that, I'm thinking about writing and kind of ebook to, to help the domainers to how to sell, how to, I mean, just to help them give them yeah. the knowledge they have so it's in my mind i haven't started working on it yet but yeah i mean i'm thinking about it well guess what my friend 
you just sold the book and uh, you better get working <laughs> on it because by the time this gets to the listeners, <laughs> maybe, they're, maybe they're, we'll have a collaboration, Yogi. Maybe they exactly. don't know what, to, maybe they don't know what to hit them. Maybe we don't either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Exactly. And one thing, one thing that I, I, I certainly want to say about both, both these gentlemen here, and, and this is for the listeners, you know, don't expect to reach out to them and they're going to do the hard work for you. Obviously with Yogi and his Twitter feed, please, before you DM, before you start asking questions, please, please, please take the moment to go through Yogi's Twitter feed. A lot of what we've talked about is there. That's how I got research for the show. Most yep. of it anyway, yep. in, in, in addition to listening to some other things as well as reading some, some other materials. But that being said, like, while we want to help you while we're doing this podcast, because somebody's going to ask, Alvin, why don't you transcribe the podcast? Well, because that's expensive. Um, and that being said, it's like, I'm already doing enough to go out, round up people, research, record and put it out there. And while I'm grateful, I am grateful for each listener at the same time, you know, while we've kind of helped you shortcut the process, like no one is going to do the work for you. So please, by all means, go read their, uh, Twitter posts, go read their LinkedIn posts. Uh, before we, you know, just inundate them with messages about, hey, help me sell my domain. And so with that, uh, we're out of time. So Jason and Yogi, thank you again for joining us today and sharing your domain outbounding strategies and best practices. No, Alvin, thank you. Yogi, It's uh, this has been great. Uh, I look forward to future sessions, hopefully. Uh, Yogi, Alvin, always a pleasure. Uh, Yogi, great getting a chance to actually connect share some of our ideas and um i have a feeling we'll be uh speaking a lot on a frequent basis yeah sounds good looking forward to that and thank you alvin so much for inviting me again to your podcast people know me because of your podcast and i will always remember this Certainly. Well, that's our time. So thank you listeners for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks. And that's all for now. 